Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, we're going to stay on the cricket theme and uh, the White Ferns Tour of Sri Lanka will continue this weekend with a T20 series. Series, uh, gets underway and a dominant display will be what is absolutely desired after the one day series left a really sour taste in the mouth particularly over here never having lost to Sri Lanka before uh, the one day international series defeat must have been a shock for Ben Sawyer's side who even with rain affected matches were outplayed and even dominated uh, in the third match without doubt Frankie Mackay of course is uh, a former White Fern Frankie's uh, had over 60 appearances uh, for the White Ferns in white ball cricket long term domestic player for Canterbury and of course uh, I think is uh, the country's foremost authority uh, from a commentary point of view as well on uh, where things are at here so uh, we've got to go to Frankie good morning to you good morning Smitty how are you yeah I'm pretty good I would imagine uh, where your heart and soul has been for the last 10-15 uh, years and uh, well, women's cricket, you might be a little bit concerned. I am. Uh, what's going on with these results? Yeah, yeah. I think there is there's reason to be concerned. I think after that that first match, it maybe it came as a little bit of a shock to people, but that didn't necessarily ring too many alarm bells. That game getting shortened down to 28 overs, and it just looked for for the White Ferns like they were just uncertain batting first of how many they needed what a good total was of course majority of the team they've never been to Sri Lanka they've never played there before so it was almost it felt like that first game was a a little bit of a feeling out phase and and didn't quite get everything exactly right and of course Chamari Adipadu she comes out and and is just exceptional that first game you know rattles off I think it's 108 not out and you kind of go wow actually she's one of the best players in the world she's had a day out Game got shortened because of rain. Yeah, there's some there's some reasons why they didn't get up and win that game too. It felt like it was back to that normal service had resumed. You see, Millie Kerr, Sophie Devine peel off, really good hundreds, big hundreds, excellent low risk cricket. Just made it look super simple. Leah Tahuhu with the new ball comes in, takes wickets, puts them on their backside. Chamari Adipadu out for a golden duck. And you think, yeah, New Zealand's back in the series, we're away, but. The, the concerns are that that third game is is we just looked a little bit headless. We just looked like when we got under pressure that there wasn't that clear thinking. The fielding was, I mean, atrocious is probably one way we'd unfortunately have to describe it. You just can't put down chances off one of the best players in the world, and, and they did that a couple of times. But we're, we're talking about when someone comes out and scores 140 off 80 balls. I don't care what the level of fielding is, what the level of bowling is. You've had a day out if you do that. You've played exceptionally well, and, and she definitely put the team to the sword. But concerns are you've got a young bowling attack. that They're trying to learn on their feet. They haven't played a heap of domestic cricket either. I think it's a, it's a massive ask to have played 30, 40 domestic games, uh, a good solid handful of international games, and, and be expected to learn on your feet in different conditions. But... It showed we're not doing that. We're probably not setting players up to be successful. And again, the questions arise. We see runs from Susie Bates. We see runs from Sophie Devine, Neely Kerr, of course. Maddie Green, I think, has been, been probably the most improved player over the last 12 months. But what's coming after that? What's, what's the next 
the, the next crop coming through? How can we get those performances? Because Sri Lanka managed to. They got a 17 year old open, opening the batting, and and she peeled off 50 in the first game. You've got their their number fours come in, and she put on 50, you know, and just hung around basically, and let Chamari go mental, and, and we couldn't even find a way to break that partnership. So, yep. Big, there's there's some big concerns, and unfortunately, there are concerns that have just been simmering along for for years now. And you'd love to think, with the way Ben Sawyer came and talked about the game, talked about where he wanted to take the team, that things would be different, things would be heading in a different direction. But uh, unfortunately, we we probably yet to see it. Well. Okay, let's break it down in terms of, of the bowling. Uh, they scored 196 for two of 26.5 overs. Admittedly, as you say, the fielding wasn't great. Uh, and this girl, uh, Chamari Atapatu, seems at the age of 33 uh, to have cle- uh, to achieve the status that you said. There's no doubt about that. That's, that's world-class stuff. Having said that, uh, we have now um, a bowling attack which features a lot of spin. Um, you're a spinner yourself. Uh, how much help? Uh, how much help are we getting? How, I mean, we don't see spin developing in the men's game to any great degree where we're confident in it. Uh, what about this young crop of spin bowlers? Yeah, well, I just think it. I think it's such a tough ask. I think what we're expecting these youngsters to do is basically do what Dan Vittori did back at the start of his career: is learn their game at the international level. And certain players can do it. I mean, Dan was one of them. Absolutely. I think you talk about. Amelia Kerr, you feel like she's been around the international scene for forever, and she's still only 22. So there's not a huge amount of experience there. Then you throw Fran Jonas in, she's only 19. Eden Carson, she's 21. And you kind of, you just feel like it's this huge learning experience that it's hard. I think whenever you're talking about, I think there are certain roles in teams, I think they they gain that experience a, a little bit later. I think your pace bowlers, they can mature pretty quickly. I think spin bowling is something that you generally tend to see players mature a little bit later in, in their cricket. And I think wicket-keeping's a little bit the same. You can't expect players to turn up and be 20 years old and, and be world-class at it. It's actually something that takes a bit of time in the seat, takes a lot of learning. And I, my probably biggest concern with the young spinners is when you've got such a young crop, who do they go to within the team to bounce ideas off? It's great Lee Casperick's over there. She's only come in because of an injury to, to Jess Kerr. And, and honestly, I really think that bowling attack missed Jess Kerr, someone who could swing the ball, someone who goes to cutters at the back end of an innings. I think they missed that role in the team. But then they haven't played Lee. So as much as she can have a bit of an impact you know, off the field and the nets, talking about plans and, and what she's learned over her career, there's actually not someone necessarily out in the middle but when you've been hit for a couple of massive sixes the game feels like it's gone into hyperdrive you don't know where you're going to bowl you don't know if you're going to land it it's 35 degrees you feel like it's a bar of soap you're bowling with as well it's actually just so useful to have you know an old head who just comes over and, and tells you everything's okay says just bowl this ball get yourself out of the over get your butt chamari down the other end let's bowl five balls that at the least dominant hitter. Let's just ice her down the non-strikers in for a while. And I just think at the moment, this team's played so much short-form cricket. And I mean, T20 cricket is is where the game's going. Sure, they don't play any test match cricket. It's a whole separate issue. But when it comes to one-day cricket, it just looks like they're, they're lacking in plans a little bit, lacking in that real confidence of what to do and when to do it, what speeds to bowl, how to bowl into a really stiff breeze that you get at ball. But we probably only ever experience at the basin. How do you bowl to a, a shorter boundary? How do you bowl when it's 
it is spinning square or when it's not spinning at all. And it just looked a little bit like our spinners when we got under the pump. We just bowled darts. We just bowled flat. We bowled quick. And when you've got a player in the form of Chamari, they can just step hit and they plant you into the stand and then it just looked like we had no second idea. So that, it is a big concern. But I don't think you can expect any different from from teenagers and, and players in their early 20s. You you have to expect that they're going to get it wrong, they're not going to know what they're doing all the time, and they're going to have some pretty tough days. Hopefully they learn from it, but it's not going to be a whole lot of fun some of those days out there as well. See, uh, I, I speak to people about this, and um, a lot of people say, well, OK then, uh, that's the bowling side of it, and you mentioned the, the familiar uh, group of three that um, continually uh, to produce the runs side of uh, scoring side of it. Um, plus, uh, Maddie Green is uh, now being a bit more consistent, but uh, they're not forever. Bates and Devine are not forever. Uh, their options to play league cricket around the world are becoming more, uh, I guess, uh, more appealing um, to them and uh, to cash in uh, while the going's good and to, you know, uh, towards the end, how are we covered batting-wise? Uh, where where are we looking now uh, when they go? Because uh, in all honesty, Frank, I I don't think it's going to be that far away. Yep, they, they they can't play for forever. As much as they'd love to, and as much as the the game of women's cricket is changing so quickly at the moment, it's such an exciting time to be involved. But you just physically can't play for forever. So there has to be a bit of succession planning. And I think they're trying to do that. I mean, we've seen a, a Georgia Plymouth. She's one that's been involved for a little while now. She's still only 19. And, and we haven't seen the output that we'd want from her. And again, it, it comes back to that same issue of you're asking players to do things at the international level they haven't necessarily done at the domestic level. And so that's a bit of a concern. You're picking people that have only played 30 or 40 domestic matches. And I mean, Georgia, she is going to be a good player but she's got an, an international average T20s of just over seven, but then only goes up to just over 11 in domestic cricket. So you're actually asking her to go out on the world stage and perform so far and above what she's yet to do at domestic level that it's a little bit unfair. You've, you've got players like a Lauren Down, she's not on this trip, but a Brooke Halliday is another one that they've really tried to invest in. And, and she started her career with a real bang. She started off with 60 and 50 against England, uh, good side, good bowling attack, and we thought, yeah, this mm. this is someone here to stay. That's going to be the cornerstone of the middle order. Well, she hasn't passed 30 in the last 17 innings, and since the start of 2022, she's averaging 13. So how do we continue to, to just select players? There, there has to be a little bit of a line in the sand. Players need that. It's a little bit baseball, isn't it? They need that, that a coach to come out and show that support and say, yeah, you're the person to do this job for us, and we back you to the hilt. But at some point, you reach a line that goes, actually, maybe you're not the best person to do that. I'm, I was really disappointed. I think Kate Anderson is someone who who we have to see at the international level. She's had a little bit of a, a finger issue that she had surgery on. I'm pretty confident if that wasn't the case, we would have been at a strip. I'm intrigued with Rebecca Burns. They, they tried her out in the T20 series at home against Bangladesh. She gives you that real power option that, that potentially is lacking a little bit in that middle-lower order. So uh, potentially a little surprised we didn't see her. But there are good players around. It's just how do we get these players to be playing well at the international level? How do we get them in a in a position where they can offer the side something? I mean, I look at someone like a, a Jess Watkin. is the most phenomenal striker of a cricket ball I've probably ever seen, maybe only second to a Sophie Devine. 
but we can't manage to find a way to get her into programs, get her into a position where she's playing excellent international cricket. We've had Bernadine Bezadenhout come back into that team. I'm not sure she is the person that can shoulder the workload of opening the batting and wicket-keeping. I think that's an exceptionally difficult task to do. And, and really, she's probably a, a batter who wicket-keeps a little bit. And that gets found out when you when you get on tricky surfaces as well. And if you've got a bowling lineup who's not taking wickets, then, then that just compounds itself once again. So there's talent there, there's ability there, but it's just the how do we get these players going from Decent domestic players putting out some good numbers to actually being able to replicate that at international level and have someone batting five or six who averages, you know, 30 plus. So when you are three down early, you've got someone striding out saying, yeah, I can do a job here. You've got people batting six and seven who can come in and finish an innings off. So it's probably been the age-old concern for women's cricket. Runs have always been... uh, maybe short on supply and you always want to try and fit as many batters into your lineup as you can because there are a lot of bowlers, there's a lot of all-rounders in the game. So that balance has always been hard to find. But, yeah, it's, it's a little bit concerning when probably, you know, for the last, well, definitely for the last decade, it's been the, the trio of Bates, Devine and Satterthwaite. And, and now for the next few years, it, it's looking like Bates, Devine and, and Kerr. And you say, well, nearly Kerr's going to play for the next decade at least. So she's one of them. But who do you line up next to her? And, and that's probably the big question. It's a massive question uh, because um, uh, you were part of the World Cup at home. I was part of the commentary team at home, and I left uh, thinking about women's cricket in a very, very positive fashion about uh, the level of interest, the uh, the level of uh, participation, the level of skill too. Uh, it was it was all uh, to me uh, heading in an upward uh, an upward uh, motion. <coughs> I'm not sure it is at the moment. We spoke to Greg Barclay uh, during the week. Um, he's the chairman of the ICC. We asked him about um, the future and sustainability of, of uh, women's cricket at the level it is and going forward with a view to more perhaps test matches, etc. He's a little bit worried about it. Um, and I, I sense that outside of, Eng- of England and Australia, um, we might there might be an issue or two with that uh, sustainability, although... I do throw in the women's IPL there um, as a, a forerunner from India. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. I think uh, it, it's probably women's cricket is now falling into the same spaces as men's cricket a little bit, and you start talking about the big three, and that is England, Australia, and India, and. That's where the money is, that's where the competitions are, and of course that's where the players are just getting better and better. So, yeah, there's there's this huge concern, uh, I guess, amongst the playing groups that those are going to be your three best teams. There's not going to be the finances or uh, the structures in other countries that actually allow teams to go and compete with those three. So you run the risk that then you're, I think we've already seen it with West Indies cricket, the, the decline we've seen there, uh, South Africa, New Zealand, all of these teams were in a position to be challenging for world titles and it just starts to slip away with the investment that's going in, in from those top three teams. I still think women's cricket, I still think women's sport on the whole, if you are someone, if you're involved in business, you want somewhere to put your money, it's the biggest growing thing out there is women's sport that has been chronically underinvested in for so long. If you actually pump some money in, the people do come. The people too, do want to buy the merchandise, they want to know the players. That You know, you've got not just young girls, but young boys as well who, who can see the skill level, as you talked about, who can see how good these players are. And they just think it's awesome. So uh, I don't necessarily think from Greg Barclay it's uh, 
that there's this concern about the women's sport and that maybe everything's it's going to it's having a little increase at the moment and that we're going to fall off the edge of the cliff after that that people are you know going to realize maybe it's not that wonderful at all i think it's here to stay i think people are now see the level that the game's being played at and they love watching it i mean the, the Ashes, Women's Ashes, has been phenomenal. Yes, it's running alongside men's, which has also been a great watch, but, you know, there's, there's bums on seats. There's this phenomenal cricket getting played. You're seeing double hundreds in the Test match format. You're seeing hundreds. You're seeing, I mean, Sophie Eccleston took five for an each innings. Ash Gardner comes back and says, well, I'll have 12 for the match, thanks, and eight for in the last. There's these incredible players around, but... I mean, maybe it's a concern that New Zealand cricket is, is not wanting to play test match cricket, not wanting to try and, and be on the same level footing. Uh, I think the last time we toured Australia, we were offered a test match and, and turned it down as part of a multi-format series. And I believe with the, the dates that have just come out uh, with New Zealand women touring England next year, I believe a test match was offered there as well. And New Zealand cricket has again turned it down. So whether that's finances, whether that's that they just don't see a sustainability, whether it's the fact there's no red ball cricket at domestic level. I don't know, but I think when you've got a young team, which we do have, we've kind of come out and said, you know, results don't really matter over the next couple of years until that one day World Cup. We're just trying to get experience into our young players. where We're trying to get them upskilled to really have a crack at that. So why not play test match cricket? You know, why, why not have five days of learning, five days in the dirt where you've got to bowl 30, 40, 50 overs and you walk off sore and tired, but you've got to think people out. You've got to bat through tough patches. You've got to bat, you know, day one on a green seamer and get through that. And maybe day five, it's actually starting to get a bit variable and bounce and it's turning and, and you've got to have a game to be able to deal with that as well. And I, I just think if we can start giving that level of experience to players, then they are going to get better and if we can level that out that maybe Australia, England, India maybe they're the only three countries that host a test match maybe they're the ones that are stumping up the majority of the money to do that mm. but it is potentially a way to, to keep growing the game keep upskilling the game and, and maybe a way for those other teams to, to claw on and, and hang on to those top three so that the game can be a bit more even and, and you can have other teams competing at World Cup time and, and maybe it's not always just going to be England and Australia lifting the cup for the next few years. Sounds like you should be on the border control of New Zealand cricket, uh, Frankie, <laughs> with those uh, views. No? <laughs> well, maybe one day. Maybe one day. May. I think um, I think it's it's just such such an exciting time for women's cricket I guess that's the, <laughs> the thing that I keep coming back to is I mean I'm lucky enough to have played for a long time now at the domestic level and just seeing the way the game has completely changed the way it's invested in the, the programs, the support structures everything that goes into it. I just look at the, you know I, I call them kids which maybe shows my age a little but uh, they're, they're so young and the world's just their oyster to think that they can make a career out of cricket they can play in a woman's IPL they can play in a woman's Big Bash they can play in the 100 they can tour the world they they can go on tours with four, five, six coaches there to help them out I, I just think it is the moment is now and my, my big concern that is if New Zealand cricket doesn't kind of come to the party and really try and capitalise on that while we've got genuine world-class players that would walk into other teams around the world. You've got to use them as well. You've got to use the experience they've got to hopefully bring that, that next crop up. And then hopefully in a couple of years' time, we're talking about 
you know, Fran Jonas being an absolute world beater, being the best left arm spinner in the world, maybe she's rivaling Sophie Eccleston. You know, maybe we're getting a, an Eden Carson up there challenging Ash Gardner. We've got a young Izzy Gaze with the gloves on. You know, maybe we're looking at her saying, heck, you know, you, yeah, you might have Alyssa Healy, but we've got Izzy Gaze. So, yeah, I just, I look at it and I just think it is, such a cool time to be involved in women's cricket and I, I just think if you're an, an administrator a selector, you know, you, you're making decisions about the women's game how exciting that it's finally in a position where there's actually some good stuff going on it's not a it shouldn't be a hardship to try and fit women's cricket into the schedule or to get broadcasters to pick it up or you know, to get anyone to cover it. It's it's the media who's going to the women's game saying, hey, we want to talk to your players, we want to talk about you, we want to, we want to show your game instead of always cricket going, hey, hat in hand, will anyone please come and listen to us and talk about us? It, it's completely flipped. So, yeah, maybe one day you'll see me sitting on a board arguing this stuff around a table. I, I think I'd... I'd love to do it, and and I think that's it's just what the women's game needs is, is lots of passionate people about the sport who who want the best for it and can see the huge opportunities that are coming up in in the next couple of years, but but in the next ten years as well. Appreciate your views, Frankie. As always, um, I, I hear your concerns, um, and uh, as I said, uh, there needs to be a, a lot more focus and. Uh, let's hope it comes. There's a, a new incoming CEO of New Zealand Cricket, maybe a woman. Um, maybe uh, maybe that would be a good thing. Uh, we shall wait and see anyway. But in the meantime, Frankie, as always, thanks for making yourself available. Uh, have a terrific day and let's uh, hope for better things in the, the T20s coming up. Yeah, thanks, Smithy. Absolutely. I think T20s suit, suit this White Ferns team uh, a little bit more than the one-day stuff. And hopefully after... You know, watching Chamari Atapadu peel off 200s in the last three games, they've now worked out exactly how they're going to get her out. Knock her over cheaply three games in a row and you go home with a 3-0 series win.